The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. Hey Tom, guess what? Blow my mind, Ben. This episode of Just Some Podcast is sponsored by Podcorn.com. Is that the exciting opportunity we signed up for a few weeks ago? Actually, you know what? I don't know how you knew that, but it is. <laughs> we uh, signed up for this a few weeks ago, and that is a great place for us to look for potential sponsors for our show. You know, Ben, I was looking them up a few weeks ago, right before you told me about this, and I noticed that they give all the creative freedom and full transparency to all the podcasts that they support and sponsor. You know what I like about it, though, is the fact that we get to kind of scroll through and we get to choose how and when we monetize. So we're not being told how to do this like some of the bigger sites. Yeah, I don't think I'd like that, nor do I think it would really work out for our uh, format, Ben, if they told us exactly how we had to do something. That's true. You know, the other nice thing about it is even when you sign up for podcorn.com, you never give up any rights to your podcast. And they're actually, I've reached out to them uh, support-wise, and they've been great so you're telling me they help support our show but we get to have still full creative control over it i know isn't that crazy you don't hear that very often you don't hear that very often and i don't know who else out there listening to us has a podcast that wouldn't think about going to podcorn.com absolutely if you have a podcast and you are looking for wonderful sponsorship opportunities go to podcorn.com you can click the link in our show notes Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, I have a question for you, sir. Uh, I guess. Go ahead. Would you consider us breast friends? Oh, <laughs> yes. So that's going to happen this entire episode. I forgot about that. Yes, yes. Let's see how many boob jokes we can work into this episode. Yeah, I'm going to have to try and figure out a way to slide some in there. It's going to be a tight fit, if you know what I'm saying. But um, we That was not a boob joke. <laughs> wow. I was thinking of a bra, but I guess you could take it that way. Wow. Thanks, buddy. I, I didn't know where you're going with that. Jeez, oh, it's, already, it's already off to a rough start here. It's going to be a good show, though, and we are super excited to have a returning guest to the show, Miss Tiffany. Do you want to say hi? Meow. <laughs> of course, from way downtown. <laughs> oh, wow. Hi. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes. And I think, in some exciting news, she has passed and is now an official, completely board certified nurse practitioner. Is that correct, Miss Tiffany? Yes. So exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I forgot that the last time I was on the show, I was still studying for boards, I believe. You were, and we were super excited to hear the news, and we just wanted to share your uh, good fortune and obvious luck um, passing boards and let everybody in the world know. So (laughs) Uh, it's going to be a fun episode. Lots of fun. Tom, do you want to tell them why Tiffany's on the show other than because she uh, passed boards? I do. So first of all, we had a great time recording with her. The last two times, right? Haven't we had her on the show twice? No, just the one STD education. One and a half. One and a half. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. One, yeah. one uncredited. How about that? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. I, I, that's what I kept thinking in my head. I was like, didn't we have her do a voice thing with us? Okay. We yes. did the COVID thing, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Shh. 
Shh, we hadn't told anybody. Yeah, you can oh, you can sorry. edit all that out. It's not a big deal. Yeah, so, edit that out. So yeah, no, that's why I was thinking for a second. I was like, wait a second. But you're right. As a full time guest, we've had her on the show before. We had a great time. She is hilarious. Uh, she loves being on the podcast. I do. Yeah, she does. And I love dating, so this is exciting. <laughs> yes, and so it was recently just. Was it Lactation Education Week or National Breastfeeding? What was World that? Breast, it last week or the week, the first week of August, I believe, was World Breastfeeding Week from like yes. August first to the seventh. Yeah. Yep. Yes. So it was World Breastfeeding Week, and not only is she a whiz kid with STDs, which is not something I think that I would admit to all the time, but she also happens to be a lactation expert. Is that correct, Miss Tiffany? That is correct. Yep. So we thought, who else better to be here to see us through all this and answer some questions and give us some insights? Because I'll be honest, this is not a topic I have a lot of education or experience or wisdom to give somebody if they were to be like, hey, Tom, how do I help my child with breastfeeding? And I'll be like, I don't know. So you better go yeah. ask Tiffany. But I don't I know, know like, someone, right? Yeah, but I but I know somebody. So yeah, we thought, someone. yeah. So we thought mm-hmm. we better get uh we better get an expert on here. And we looked around, we couldn't find one. And then we thought, well, Tiffany could come on <laughs> yeah. the show. So asked eight other people, and they all said no, and they were too busy. But luckily, luckily Tiffany didn't have anything going on tonight. So no, yeah, luckily, exactly. Uh, she has an extremely busy schedule, Ben. So I am in complete debt to her thank you for showing up on the show because i guess we could tell this part too she was supposed to be on next week to record and i i'm at work and i get a text from you that says are we still on for tonight and i was like um excuse me i thought i told you 822 and you're like oh yeah my bad and i was like i guess i can rearrange my schedule but here i am yeah yeah well like I said, it's not like you were doing anything. So, but I do, I do appreciate it. Ben appreciates it. So let's I'm happy to get be here. <laughs> she loves being here. Yeah. I wanted to say that, but I was trying to change my words around. <laughs> just, just stay you, Tiffany. That's why we got you here. Just stay you. Okay. All right. All right. I love being on this podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, if you love this podcast as much as Tiffany does, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the web. We're at www.justsomepodcast.com. Our email is admin at justsomepodcast.com, even. Don't forget, you can also find our merchandise store on our website. It's justsomepodcast.com slash shop. We've got all kinds of cool stuff, plus all our COVID-19-related gear. And all those proceeds for the COVID nineteen stuff go to hashtag first responders first. Tom, now that I can now they take a breath, what else can they do to help us out? Well, they can go to that merch store and they can find out why we have so many shirts and coffee mugs and stuff that say words are hard on them because clearly we make it that way. Second of all, they can go to our website and they can scroll to just about the bottom. They'll see an Amazon affiliate link. Click on that before they do any shopping or put anything in their cart. And then they can shop on Amazon as they have been for the last several months while on quarantine. And it won't cost them anything. It'll help out the show. We would really appreciate it. Miss Tiffany, do you have any social media or anything you want to discuss? Well, first, I wanted to say maybe we should implement some merch that says, I love this podcast <laughs> or I love breastfeeding. That's not exciting, right? We'll work on it. I'll, I'll, or I'll I love cows. I well, love cows. I love cows could make it on there. I'm going to put out there, though, that if we start putting out a bunch of stuff that says how much we love uh, breastfeeding, it's probably not going to come off the same way you're assuming there, Tiffany. So <laughs> two guys that keep talking about how much they love breastfeeding, not going to go as well as you are planning. So it sounds good. You're yeah. probably right. But I do, um, I do have Columbus breastfeeding support. That's my Facebook group. And that, uh, that's it. Really. I have my own vendor page, but that's more for, that's my side gig, which Tom, I haven't told you about. So yeah, I'll tell you about that later. Awesome. I can't, I would love to hear about that. Yeah. It's yes. fun. I love it. <laughs> uh, of course she does. Uh, 
Well, uh, all right. Uh, we'll make sure that we get a link to Tiffany's Facebook group in the show notes here. But Tom, are you ready to get into the story that you may have missed? I am ready. Tiffany, are you ready for the story we may have missed? Yes, I think so. I found this story, Tom, and I immediately started laughing, thinking of you. Oh, God. <laughs> Especially after our conversation on last week's episode. Oh, God. The headline, Tom, lack of sleep predisposes us to negative thinking. So. Oh, this is so, Tom needs to hear this. I Right? I know. Yeah. So the, the oh. CDC reports that about 35% of adults in the United States sleep less than seven hours per night. And this was a new study that was published in the Journal of Sleep Research. In the study, participants looked at pleasant and neutral images after five nights of normal sleep and then five nights of restric restricted sleep even. And the results showed that the participants were more likely to have negative responses to these images after periods of disturbed sleep than after normal sleep. The authors conclude that the lack of sleep imposes a negative emotional bias on people and has important implications for daily life as well as in clinic settings. Tom, if you slept more, you would be less bitchy and you might play Rocket League better. <laughs> well, um, first of all, you both know I am an extremely pleasant person. So, <laughs> so Tom, what is that plaque that what's the plaque that I got you for your office? Isn't it what kindness is power or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. She bought me a plaque about trying to be more kind to people. That's that's how that's how pleasant I can be at times. But I would say, Tom, assume positive intentions. Breathe that <laughs> in and breathe out the negativity. Yes. And I, you know, sometimes it works, you know. It, but I would tell you, first of all, I am completely within that 35%. If I hit seven hours, I would be shocked. So maybe maybe there is something to it. Maybe I need to get some more sleep. You're less likely to get COVID too, right? If you sleep better? Well, I think that's just a general health issue. Yeah, so. probably. But uh, I don't Let's know. Let's have Eric back on the show to talk about how, you know things we can do to make you sleep better so that you're not so bitchy. Yeah, that's that's the problem. But I, I did. Yeah. But I also like to tell people like you and like Tiffany that I'm a realist. So being grouchy is just part of how it is. Whatever else is like, be more positive. I'm like, I can't. I actually realize what's happening. So it's difficult sometimes, Ben. It is difficult, but it is a point well taken. Perhaps some work on the old sleep front could make things more positive. I, I don't know, but that is interesting. I, I think that's pretty cool. I'm betting as positive as Tiffany is. She sleeps a lot. I love to sleep. So Tiffany, if you had to pick between what's your favorite snack, like, do you have like a sweet tooth or oh, my favorite snack uh, probably would be the white cheddar popcorn. My favorite uh, thing to eat. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> Stop oh. judging, Ben. Um, judging. What about, okay, extra burnt Cheez-Its, you know, like extra toasty Cheez-Its with veggie cream cheese dip. That's really good, too. Wow. Okay. Well, you lost me on that one. I was with you with white cheddar popcorn, but whatever your favorite snack is. This show's over. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye. So if you had to choose, if you got to have your favorite snack or a nap, which one would you pick? Oh, a nap for sure. I mean. How about you? Well, I'm fat, so probably the food. <laughs> yeah. Just, I, gonna, I knew there were that was a good one now. Yeah, exactly. Um, that goes along with breastfeeding because sometimes we have to wake sleepy babies up to breastfeed. They sometimes will choose sleep over breastfeeding. So we have to strip them naked to get them to lap because they're cold. And then they're like, oh, well, I'm awake. I'm about to eat. So Is that would happen to Tom. So what you're saying is if I want to make someone do something they don't want to do, make them get naked and cold. 
I did not say that. That's, well, that's what I heard. Yeah, that's pretty much what you said. You just yeah. said that. Okay, Ben, can you edit this? <laughs> I can, but I'm not going to. Yeah, exactly. So, oh, well, so, you know what, Ben? That is a uh, that is a good story. So I will have to look up some more stuff on sleep hygiene and, and getting some more uh, rest and uh, try and be... Assuming positive intentions. Yes, and assume positive intentions while dealing with human beings. So that's, I will work on that. Kindness is power. Kindness is power. Yes. It's on my hashtag. Kindness is power. (laughs) I love hashtags. So I love hashtags. Yeah. (laughs) I love kindness. (laughs) That cut clip you're gonna go to is gonna be Good. Are, are you ready to, to grab the nipple of this episode and just <laughs> I'm ready to just squeeze every drop out of this episode, Ben. <laughs> it's gonna be good. All right. Well, Tiffany, let's get into <sighs> lactation. So, how long have you been like a lactation consultant, lactation expert? Excuse me if I didn't get your title correct, but how long have you been in, into that aspect? Certified lactation consultant and for about three years. I've been a lactation consultant, started out in primary care, and now I'm in urgent care. I did a lot more in primary care. Urgent care is more like jaundice babies, helping them latch. And was there anything in particular that made you want to get into that field, or was it an opportunity to just get some more knowledge? Like, what kind of led you down that path? So, I breastfed my kids, and my son, I had a horrible time with him I literally took me forever to learn to breastfeed him but because I didn't give up it got easier in the end but and then my daughter she was exclusively breastfed because I was more experienced the second time around and I saw other moms struggling in primary care who really want, had a passion for breastfeeding but they just didn't have the support at home or they didn't have the education so I just asked my supervisor hey this is like a need across the board in primary care. So many mothers need help. And in order to get to the birthing hospital and meet with a lactation consultant, you had to set up an appointment. It might take a week before you can get in. So I asked her if I could take the class. And yeah, so I took the class, passed the exam and started working with newborn babies. And because primary care, you have to see the newborn baby visit is like, what, three days after birth? Yeah, they're about to. Yeah, that's when it's the most important to establish breastfeeding in the beginning. So actually, since I I was one of the first at my hospital in primary care to do the training, and now they try to have two to three nurses that are also lactation consultants across the board. And there's like a lot of primary cares in my hospital. So yes, it was pretty cool. I got to be on the board that decided to implement that too so yeah so you were kind of groundbreaking that's pretty cool yeah yeah it was a lot of fun and i've helped other nurses get their certification and i love being able to help my friends who are having kids and need help i always tell them text me any time of the day if i'm awake or i see my phone i will help you because sometimes at two in the morning moms are just desperate they're sleep deprived and they need help and they don't have the support and or really just having somebody that they could text and say, Hey, I think I'm going to give up. I, I can't do this anymore. And just like, no, you got this. It's okay. You're going to have a fussy baby. Calm down. Take a deep breath. And I'm also not one of those lactation consultants that is anti-formula because I think that a fed baby is best, not just breast is best, which can be rare when you come across lactation consultants, but I also see the nursing side of it. So from a family practice standpoint with, with Tom and I, and not being lactation consultants. So what are some things that if we do have a, a newborn and you know, the, the mom's trying to breastfeed and have, what are some things that maybe we can suggest to help other than call Tiffany? <laughs> yes. Other than torture the baby, uh, spraying it with a hose and making it cold, wet, and naked. <laughs> what other things would you suggest for us to help this baby live? So obviously you don't want the mom to strip down and throw your boob and teach a baby how to latch. But what you could do is ask mom what support do you have at home 
And also teaching feeding cues. I think that's super important. So like if a baby has a clenched fist, that means they're hungry. Kind of like Tom, when he clenches his fist, he's hungry. So 24-7. But yeah, and then um, teaching them like what rooting is. Okay, well, for those of us that don't know what rooting or some of those cues are, can you describe what we would tell the patient? So rooting is when a baby starts like trying to suck on their fist or they're turning towards like a bottle or a boob in this case, that means that they're hungry. They're like having active moments to like try to open their mouth and they're looking for a nipple, whether that be the breast or bottle. All right. Is there anything that the mother can do to help make sure that her milk production is constant or consistent stuff that makes it healthier or easier for her to help feed the baby? So that's a really good question because one of the main of reasons course. that that mom, <laughs> one of the main reasons that mom stop breastfeeding is because they'll be like, Oh, your baby is so hungry or they're, they're always eating. What Are they really getting milk? First of all, is the baby gaining weight? Is the baby pooping and peeing? And also do your breasts feel soft after you're done nursing? Cause if, Usually they get pretty hard and cold before baby nurses. And then after baby nurses, it should feel soft. So those are just a couple of easy things to remember that you can tell mom. And um, honestly, babies go through spurts where they're nursing all the time to try to increase that demand or they nurse less. So your breasts work off of supply and demand. The more baby nurses, the more your breasts are going to produce. And there, some moms will be like, I don't understand. I just fed this baby an hour ago. But they are trying to stimulate the milk supply to get more because maybe at one point they were drinking, if it was to be put into a bottle, two ounces. And now they are gaining a little bit more weight and now they need three ounces. So unfortunately, we can't measure that. But just feed, knowing when to feed baby, what they look like, and really just paying attention to those feeding cues. So is there a normal feeding time or is it just kind of, it's going to be different for each baby? How, how do you look at that as far as like how long they nurse and how frequently they nurse? So that's really hard to gauge because it's different for every mom. Some moms are better at like putting the baby on a schedule, like waking the baby up to feed them. And that's okay. Really, I say whatever works best for mom, but it goes back to... How old is the baby? Like, because in the beginning, when they, when you, when they're first born, they're obviously hungry all of the time. But as they start to get older, they nurse less. And then as they get even older, sometimes babies want to nurse for comfort. They don't necessarily want to nurse because they are hungry. Well, so that brings me up to an interesting question because I have seen this discussed before. When do you feel is an appropriate time to stop the breastfeeding process? Yeah. Oh, are you? Yeah, because I have seen some television shows where the kid's like 11 and the mom's like, yeah, I still do this. And I was like, I'm not a certified lactation consultant, but that seems wrong. So what is your guidelines on that process or when to start weaning off, et cetera? So I think it's different for every family and also depending on what country you're in where food is like more scarce. So I I wouldn't judge a mom if they're breastfeeding at the age of three or four. I think it's obviously what works best. But I know that some American pediatrics, I think is age one, I believe, but up until six months exclusively breastfeeding and then introducing foods after that. I honestly... However, I do understand, like one time I was at Kohl's and a six-year-old boy did lift up his mom's shirt. I'm assuming this kid was six because he was like up to mom's waist. He didn't even have to sit down to nurse and literally just started nursing in the middle of Kohl's. <laughs> so I understand that it makes people feel uncomfortable, but well, I don't know. I understand that there are cultural issues and stuff like that, and that's a little different for everybody. But if the kid's got a driver's license, I don't really know. <laughs> you know, if the kid has to shave, 
I don't know that breastfeeding seems to be the most appropriate thing. I I just, I I get what she's saying. Like there are probably cases where maybe that's more necessary than others. But like she said, the kid was like pushing the cart next to her. I was like, Hey, just reached (laughs) over and like, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, it was. I mean, and it, and it raised questions for my kids because they were there and they saw that and they were like, "Uh, why is that kid sucking on his mom's boob?" And I have to be like, "Well, honey, we'll talk about this later." And then they forget, so that's good. <laughs> Here's a toy. Go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What What do you want today? I will buy it, so I don't have to answer these questions. <laughs> Who's hungry? <laughs> No, obviously not I, don't, I would say I don't know if that's the <laughs> question I would have asked either. So, boy, this show just got awkward real quick. So, <laughs> so other than mastitis, which I know is, is a complication, are there any other major complications or concerns with breastfeeding? So mastitis, yes, that's one of them. So ask that question again. What did you say? Was it contraindications or you no. said... Is there any like other complications that or concerns with breastfeeding? Really, it's just when moms start to think that they they're they're obviously there's tongue tied, there's breast abscesses, there's milk duct. So I can create a whole list of those things, but really, moms are always so worried about their child not knowing if their child gets enough milk. So it just I always try to reinforce the mom look at your baby, your baby is growing, they're pooping, they're peeing. So just keep up the good work. To me, I feel like that is like a complication because the mom always quits because they're thinking, oh, I'll just give them formula because I know how much they're getting. But in reality, breast milk is supposedly healthier than formula. So it's good to just keep offering that support. Breast milk is the best milk. Yeah. Hashtag. Hashtag, I was going to say hashtag, I love, I love breast milk. Yeah. But I was like, oh, that's going to sound bad when I say it. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things you just hit on was going to be part of the question I was going to ask. So he asked, you know, about complications of doing the breastfeeding. Other than the only two contraindications I could find, which was at the American Academy of Pediatrics, was galactosemia and mothers that are positive for HIV. Yeah, but, that's correct. But those are the two official. But what I was going to say is, are there other things that you would, if the mom is talking about having certain problems that you might say, hey, maybe you do need to consider formula or what are those times where you're like, maybe this isn't going to work out besides those two situations? Or is well, there, or you're like, no, I'm <laughs> Tiffany. I can make this baby suck on your boob no matter what happens. Like, I don't know. Yeah, I usually... I mean, I, I always tell everyone, like, I always try to fill the mom out first. Do they really, are they really going to be dedicated? Is this what they want to do? Is this what's going to work for mom? Because sometimes moms, they do, they absolutely want to breastfeed, but they want to breastfeed because they get the pressure from their sister or their mom or their aunt who had that exclusively breastfed baby. And to me, I, or they see their friends on Facebook who are pumping all this breast milk and sharing, like, look how much milk I'm producing, and they're bragging about that. I don't really like when moms do that because it puts a lot of pressure on other moms. Like, why am I not producing this much milk? So I I just went off on a tangent. I'm sorry. But yeah, no, I, just, I, um, I try to tell moms, like, what works best for your family? Do you Are you okay with dad doing the changing and you're doing the feeding or are are you okay with pumping and feeding because sometimes moms don't want to lock baby to breast they want to pump and feed and honestly i think that's more exhausting but the baby's still getting breast milk and sometimes that works for some moms like i've worked with nurses who they have exclusively breastfed their baby but not by breast or exclusive breast milk but not by breast they would pump and feed which is great, but I always tell, I like I said, I always fill the mom out, like, what are your goals? Do you want to feed for six months do you, exclusively, or do you want to give breast, a little bit of breast milk and a little bit of formula? Because honestly, if mom is not dedicated, it's going to be really, really hard, and it takes a lot of work and a lot of dedication. It, I, I don't care what anyone tells you, breastfeeding is not easy. It's really hard, especially in the beginning, but it's worth it, and once you get past that hump, it's it's 
all downhill from there and and comes natural but for moms to put such pressure on other moms and say oh it's so natural this is what your baby's supposed to do I feel like at one point it was natural when we didn't have such a huge formula market but at one point when formula was first introduced it was really pushed on moms that this this is better than breastfeeding so we kind of broke that chain of teaching kids how to or t- showing your kids that that's what you're supposed to do is breastfeed like grandma was like no i use formula because similac came out or whatever formula company came out of that time and every hospital was passing it out to every mom so they lost that like generational knowledge does that make sense no that makes sense yeah. but yeah i had a question I, I completely understand everything you said, and, and a lot of that makes especially the pressure. I, I think that would be unfair to mothers that are having maybe more trouble than others, or it's not possible for them to be completely supportive of the kid or, or breastfeed at all times. And so I, I never thought of that pressure as a male. That's just not one of those things that, oh, that came into my head that they would feel that pressure. So I agree. Maybe that's something that we should also warn people against is don't pressure these mothers into doing it. But you said something that caught my attention. There are people that brag about how much breast milk they produce. Like that's a thing. Oh yeah. I have been on numerous Facebook groups of breastfeeding because I like to try to help other moms and be supportive. And, and honestly, when I was a breastfeeding mom, those sites were really helpful for me, but then I saw the nursing side of it when I would be was working in primary care and the moms would say, oh, my friend pumps this many ounces a day and I'm not pumping that. So my body just doesn't work. And I'm like, no, your body is working. Your baby is growing. And that's great that these moms are pumping all this milk. But how much is their baby getting? It's like it's in their freezer. That's no good. It needs to be in the baby. <laughs> that is just a weirdest flex I've ever heard. To be like, I can put out five ounces out of lefty and yeah. old, an old right gun is dropping out 10 ounces. Like, whoa, like I didn't like that's a thing. It is. It is. And um, some bodybuilders actually will pay high dollar for breast milk, too. I don't know if you knew that. I didn't and, and I didn't need to. But now at <laughs> the end of last episode with you. Yes, I think it's, I'm just telling you yeah, now. Then. Yeah, maybe I did. I'm going to be on an internet rabbit hole later tonight. How the hell are bodybuilders getting breast milk? Like it's going to be, it's going to be, you're going to get a weird text in the middle of night, Tiffany, <laughs> about bodybuilders and breast milk. Makes the protein shake a whole different, uh, <laughs> whole, yeah. whole different aspect. So I know like cracked nipples is a big issue with lactation and, and sore nipples and things like that. So what are some things that, we can suggest to our patients when they have those issues arise? So I always tell every mother that if you feel like your baby is literally sucking the soul out of your nipple, it is not supposed to feel like that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't obviously say it in that exact term, but I say if it's hurting, then that baby is not latched correctly. So I usually give a YouTube video for them to watch if they're not like, if I don't have the time, because sometimes working in urgent care, it's like super fast paced, especially during flu season. I don't have the time to have mom like take her bra off and show me the baby latch. If I do, I obviously will spend that time. But I always write down this YouTube video. It's called How to Breastfeed Deep Latch Technique. And this lady is an IBCLC, which is a board certified. So she's like a step above a certified lactation consultant. And she shows like really good tips of how to latch baby with a deep technique and I feel like a lot of moms that have watched that video are like oh thank you so much like that was so helpful I didn't realize that the baby's jaw is supposed to hit the breast first the or lower jaw and then the upper jaw I didn't realize it was like a two-step process and I didn't realize that I was supposed to hold my boob the entire time I thought once I let go of my or once the baby was lapsed I could let go of my breast so yeah, it's really just hooking them up with resources. So what you're telling me is there is a video with nudity on YouTube that I could find. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Tom. Okay, there you you're go. Into that thing. <laughs> I, I just I, I got to say again, and I know we talked about it a little bit at the top of the show, but I am really glad we have somebody on here to spread some of this information. 
because you are talking to two male nurse practitioners. And I know there's other males that are going to be listening to the show. And realistically, in my head, I never knew that you were supposed to hold your breast while you were doing this. In my mind, like once the kid latched on, it was like a leech. Like you could just like let go, walk around the house, and he would just like yeah. like face first, stick on the nipple, and you could just go about your day. Like you could fall asleep. It's just whatever. Yeah, eventually, once the babies get stronger necks and they're able to hold themselves up, it's much easier. But in the beginning, it's it's a lot harder because you're trying to hold baby's neck and head and hold your boob at the same time, and your arms and your shoulders hurt. But yeah, it's <laughs> once they once they get confident, it's much easier. But I also could teach you a little saying if you guys want to memorize this for moms. I always tell them nose to nipple, flex to hips to open the lips. Because if baby has the nose, her, the baby's nose lined up with mom's nipple, they're going to get a better latch because they need to open, they need to kind of tilt their head back and open up their mouth in order to latch. And also don't bring baby, don't bring breast to baby, bring baby to breast. And if their hips are not flexed, the baby is going to feel like they're falling. So always give them support at their hips so that they don't like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't focus on latching because I feel like I'm falling. So once they feel that support underneath them, they can relax a little bit. So is that why like the football technique is good for breastfeeding or what they used to call the football technique? Yeah. Or the clips whatever they yeah so there's a couple of different there's cross cradle football but any any way that they decide to latch nose to nipple flex the hips to open the lips yeah tom that no but that's the type of education so no, she, i'm glad she said that because there's somebody out there that's going to listen to this hear that and go oh shit that makes a lot of sense like they got it now but in my head i'm still imagining like women just walking around like letting go of the baby and it's just like still face up attached like i'm like i can't get that image on my head like oh but you know what a lot of moms do have that like a lot of moms think like oh this i'm gonna have this baby and i'm gonna breastfeed and boom put the baby on the breast but it's not that easy i mean maybe for some moms it is but other other moms struggle and i know i know i was there i remember my insurance wouldn't even pay for me to meet with a lactation consultant i had to write a check to some lady who met me in an office and spent an hour with me and I just remember struggling so bad. And I was like, I don't want other moms to feel this way. And what about moms that don't have the money to pay for somebody to meet them in the office or don't have that support? So it's, that's a, another reason why I wanted to do that. I just, I feel so bad for moms that struggle with it because they do think that, oh, I'm going to have a baby and boom, baby's just going to latch right on. Well, I understand your point that it shouldn't be painful, but let's face the facts. Sometimes they are going to have some pain or some chafing redness. Cause I have, I've had that question actually asked, like, what can I do for these? So do you have any tips for mothers that are having some skin or nipple irritation? Like what are some things that they can do? They can use their own breast milk as a lubricant and it also heals. So when they're done breastfeeding or they feel like they have a lot I would teach them how to use the hand technique to express a little bit of breast milk out of their nipple and let that sit there to help it heal. And also establishing a better latch because there should not be new damage every day. There may be damage from a bad latch at one point, but if you keep having damage, it's because of a bad latch. That needs to be established first. So all the stuff about like the cabbage leaf in your bra and the tea bags and all that's it's kind of myth. Yeah, I mean most of those are, and then same with like the fenugreek teas and things like that. None of that has actually been proven. That's just a couple of people worked for them, and now it's all over the internet. But when we took our lactation course, they were like, "Yeah, there's no the only thing that helps mother's breast supply is supply and demand. The more the baby drinks, the more your body is going to produce." Or the more you pump, the more your body is going to produce. Let's look at like medications and breastfeeding. So what are some, and I did find a great resource and I'll talk about that shortly. And I'm sure you probably already know about it, but like, what are some major no-gos? What are some we know are safe medications? Like you can kind of just name off the top of your head. Cause that's the one thing we do see in the office a lot. Yeah. So one thing I can't really trying to think if I can name any off the top of my head. Most of the time, if it's safe when you're pregnant, it's safe when you're breastfeeding. So that's kind of like a way to 
learn that. So if you can look up like the pregnancy categories, but honestly, I can't really come up with any of the topics in my head outside of that. Okay. So I had a couple of interesting things I found and Honestly, if you can't name them off the top of your head, that's totally cool. Like it was like, eh, I didn't know if you I had any. I, I would say I didn't know if you had any of those like go to because there's only a couple for me. Unless they're allergic to penicillins, <laughs> guess what you're probably getting. <laughs> you know, like the. I, oh, sorry. I was just gonna say. I guess aspirin would be one. That's that's one that I know that you're not supposed to. Yeah. Do, but again, but not if you can't take it during pregnancy, you cannot take it when you're breastfeeding. Yeah. So I found a couple websites, like I said, the uh, American Academy of Pediatrics. There's actually an Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine, um, and Mm -hmm. they all have some good resources. I know Ben's got one lined up, so I'm going to let him take that one here in a second. But I found it really interesting on one of the sites, and I can't remember which one it is. It actually specifically talked about over-the-counter stuff. It said dextromorphan so if you have any cough cold congestion stuff like that yeah that's uh, correct i do remember that dextromorphan has been studied and is considered safe it's often found in stuff like the tylenol cold and flus nyquil dayquil alka-seltzer plus etc medications like corocetin are safe but they don't recommend taking it very often at all if possible because large doses of the medications found in corocetin could be harmful i also found aspirin is a no naproxen is a no but tylenol and ibuprofen are okay and i Mm -hmm. couldn't i could not find out why naproxen isn't and advil is but that's one of the things i found so there is i think you're right i think if there's any doubt at all just refer to a medication guide because it can get a little tricky trying to figure out exactly which one because not every class is the same obviously right yeah, I usually carry like I have a like a lactation management pocket guide with me and I have no problem whipping it out in front of mom and saying, you know what, let's look that up and see. Let's let's learn together because obviously I don't know everything, but and I think moms respect that too, because they're like, Oh wow, you're actually taking your time to look this up for me. I appreciate that. So yeah. And if you guys wanted to get that pocket guide to carry it around, you could, but Well, what's the name of it? It's just called The Pocket Guide for Lactation Management by Karen Cadwell. I love that book. <laughs> I love this book. I love I it really too. do. I love the I fact love that it. we can drop that in our show notes with our Amazon tag already attached to it. So if you want to pick it up. Also, kellymom.com is really, really good. And Tom, I looked up the naproxen while you were talking on the resource that I'm going to talk about shortly and it says because of the naproxen's longer half-life and reported serious adverse reaction in breastfed neonates which was that it could potentially cause prolonged bleeding time thrombocytopenia and acute anemia in one seven-day-old infant other agents may be preferred while nursing a newborn or preterm infant and actually that makes a lot of sense because when it talked about antidepressants on one of the pages it was talking about medications like venlafaxine prozac stuff like that that have longer half-lives they also don't recommend those types of medications because of that same reason the longer half-life so that makes a lot of sense now that you said that yeah the resource that i found that i thought was really interesting it was linked off of the cdc and it's through the national library of medicine and it is called lact Med, L-A-C-T-M-E-D, and we'll drop that in the show notes. I love LACMED, yeah. I love it. That's my go-to guide, too. Mm -hmm. I was really impressed because I was just kind of playing around with it earlier and looking and like... like Isn't it great? Atenolol was one of the ones I looked up, and it gives you more information than you would probably ever want on the medication and on... Like it talks about drug levels and the maternal levels, and then it gets into breastfeeding and how much like the excretion of a tenolol into breast milk decreased over time with the average weight adjusted percentage of maternal doses of 9%, 5.1%. I mean, it so it just breaks it down. Yeah, it really does. Really, really well. And then it also, if it's not a medication that you should use, like a tenolol, they don't recommend, they do list at the bottom alternative drugs to consider as well. Yeah. Lactmed, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. That's a really good site. We also should let listeners know that, and I'm sure you guys know this, that and babies who are exclusively breastfed need to be supplemented with iron because most newborns, as you know, are sufficient to iron and breast milk doesn't have a whole lot of iron in it. So it's 
we always recommend doing an iron supplement until they are at least six months of age and started on iron fortified cereals. And they apparently taste really bad because that's the one complaint I have from moms. Yeah. Their babies do not want to take them. (laughs) Yeah. And it stains literally everything. (laughs) That's always a good, helpful. And like I said, some of the stuff you're saying, I'm like, oh, yeah. But it's just like I said, other than helping with stuff pre and post baby, when it comes to breastfeeding, I don't get a ton of questions. So sometimes some of this information slides by it's always a good reminder to have a pro tell us what we need to make sure the patient knows yeah yeah absolutely i think one of the weird questions i shouldn't say weird that's the wrong term i had a weird question but i stopped but go ahead well my question isn't weird it's just it was something i was like oh (laughs) and i and i explained to him what i knew but i want to hear tiffany's so the mom's done she is like hey we're, we're we're done with this breastfeeding thing. Like, baby's getting older. We're moved on to foods. What are your tips for stopping milk production? So, there's baby-led weaning. So, or there's where the mother decides to wean. You don't honestly want to stop it completely because that can cause either mastitis or you can start to get those clogged milk ducts. So, it's good to try to wean baby off of if mom is like, absolutely, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Or if she does decide to just stop and she doesn't want baby to do, to latch to breast anymore, she may need to pump and slowly pump less each day. So say she's pumping three ounces out of each breast, then the next day only like stop at two ounces and then one ounce and then eventually it just dries up. It doesn't take long. <laughs> it takes 24 hours, I believe, for your supply to change. Yeah, I would say, what about, and I tightness like if they were wearing like maternity bras to start putting on sports bras or anything like that would that also help stop production no that will cause clogged milk ducts so definitely you don't want to wear anything too tight because it creates like a crease basically and it's like a lot of moms will be like oh my gosh i'm so sore right here and i'm like oh you probably like when usually when they can stick a finger like right on their boob and say it hurts right here that's usually a clogged milk duct and they can kind of work it out. And they're usually always near where the woman would be wearing a, a, a metal like frame to your bra, like wire. Interesting. Yeah. So, and I know I've heard in the past, like hot showers can sometimes help with. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Right? Is there anything else other than obviously breastfeeding or pumping that can help with, with release? Yeah. My- massage and positioning. So say mom always uses their cradle hold. If you kind of switch it up a little bit, I have actually told moms and they say it works really well for them to lay baby on the floor and you kind of like get on all fours and put your boob in the baby's mouth and it feels really awkward, but it helps. Sounds really awkward. Yeah, but gravity really helps to work that, work it out, you know, cause you're, you're hanging. So it works known from experience and a lot of moms are like if you wouldn't have told me that i would probably go crazy because i was in so much pain interesting yeah it's not often that tom and i are rendered speechless but i think you may have done it (laughs) it's fun right i'm just imagining mothers all across america suddenly going just lay there for a second hopefully (laughs) i don't smother my child in trying to breastfeed like this is Okay. It's definitely hard when they're older because I remember my daughter was like rolling over when I had an issue and he just kept trying to roll away from me. So obviously you make sure that you're in a safe environment, but I'm like, no, I really need you to drink. Please come here. <laughs> but if baby won't lapse, then you can hook up to a pump and kind of press that area and massage it until you work it out. Kind of like a bruise, you know, when you massage a bruise a little bit first to feel better. I was just picturing like, like walking that. in the door, like after work and you come in and see that that's what was in that was what <laughs> running through my head. I'm like, okay. I legit remember putting my daughter on the floor in my bedroom and setting the door and locking it. Cause I was like, I do not need my husband walking in and being like, what is going on? In here? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Fun. Tom, any other big questions that, that you have in regards to, boobs breast breastfeeding 
nipples, areolas. Well, I got a lot of questions, but <laughs> they're all not uh, me, Tom. I love <laughs> questions about breastfeeding. Yeah, even I am like, no, I I can't like, I'm just gonna not touch this one. So, so okay, here was my weird question I was gonna ask earlier, and I didn't. Oh, okay, what Go the ahead. hell? I might as well just throw it out. We can always edit it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if she's like, "What the hell's wrong with you?" Then we'll just cut this out, and no one will ever hear. Okay, I'm just waiting to hear Tiffany go. You're disgusting, and then like <laughs> silence. Like, uh oh, you went too far, Ben. I almost said that out loud, but I didn't. <laughs> I don't so, want to make more work for Ben to edit things out. I don't care. It's okay. Um, so I know that breastfeeding can harden your nipples. If, and you said that there are some people that you knew that just exclusively, I mean, they breastfed, but they exclusively pumped. Would exclusively pump make your nipples less hard? Which I know huh. is a weird question. I, I'm just curious. I, so I don't know. Does that actually happen? Like people say that breastfeeding hardens your nipples. I I assumed that it did. I mean, I don't think so. If you had something on on your nipple for like a year, I mean, yeah. Now I've I have had patients. They didn't say their nipples were hardening. What they were saying is, for for my experience, was I've had patients ask, "What can they do for some of the pain?" But I do they tend to have well. Yes, thank you. But what I, you you have thoroughly I love it when you explain that to me, Tiffany. But what yeah, I was going to say is do they tend to have those same issues when they're pumping versus like the machine obviously latches or it's going to latch the same way every time. So do you tend to have the same type of problems with mothers that pump exclusively versus, you know, a mouth? That's a good question. So a baby can always clear you out better than a pump. A pump always sucks the same. A baby does not. Does that make sense? And actually, there's something called a letdown. Do you know what that is? Please explain it to me. Okay. So moms that are breastfeeding have a letdown. And it's when basically, it's hard to explain, you'll feel like this tingle in your breast. And then all of a sudden, the milk just starts pouring out. That's a letdown. And sometimes babies choke when it happens. But you're releasing hormones that cause that milk to come out and when you are pumping you're less likely to get that let down because you're not attached to your breast pump so therefore you don't release that hormone oxytocin i believe i believe you are correct i love it when you're correct i know me too and actually uh prolactin is involved in that process as well yeah it is yep i was gonna say that first but i think that reflexes caused by oxytocin but and i think it was some like stupid movie i'm trying to remember what it was that's what i was like over here typing while you guys were talking i think it was like four christmases that i watched and they were talking there was like a breastfeeding scene and they were talking about it and she was like oh yeah after breastfeeding several kids it's like you know my nipples are basically like tire tread i mean like they're (laughs) so that's where like i was like why they got like thicker i guess or not really you know i mean like you know how moms are like oh um, breastfeeding is what caused my boobs to sag. No, it's not breastfeeding. It's actually hormones during pregnancy that cause that. That's good to know. So, yeah. Well, is there anything that you would like to, I have, we don't have five questions. You've already been a guest, but I do have a little segment for you. Uh, but sure. before we get to that, is there anything that you want to, <laughs> Tom is just, <laughs> you can't oh, see Tom, but I can, and he's just, it, no, yeah, we're good. Uh, no, anything it. else that you want to, uh, <laughs> any final tips that you want to give or anything along those lines? Well, from being a nurse practitioner and primary care, I would just ask your moms that are new mo- there for the newborn baby visit. Are you breastfeeding or bottle feeding? And then if they say, yes, I'm breastfeeding, do you need any support with that? Because sometimes they don't want to open up that conversation with a male provider so and then also make sure that you don't say because i always feel really bad when somebody walks in the room they're like are you breastfeeding and when the and mom always feels bad when she says no because that's her choice if she doesn't want to breastfeed that's okay don't make her feel bad about it fair enough not saying you guys do that but it's you know better for your mom to know that 
If no, I usually just ask, part. are they are you rest or bottle feeding? I mean, I don't, I don't. Yeah. I give them the choice, and that way it doesn't feel quite as yeah, argumentative. Absolutely. Tom, anything that you want before I go into our, our the last little thing that I have here? Mm, no, we're good. Okay. Really? <laughs> I'm saving it for off the air. So. Oh, okay. So... I don't have five questions for you, Tiffany, like I said, because you've been on the show before. But I did find an article through John Hopkins Medicine, and it was five breastfeeding diet myths. And so I thought that I would uh, see what your thoughts were on these and see where you rank as far as, you know, against John Hopkins. Okay. So myth number one, it says, is focus on certain foods to increase your milk supply. Uh, That's enough. So what this says is that some women add so-called breastfeeding foods to their diets, uh, oatmeal, barley, brewer's yeast, ginger, basil, banana, pumpkins, but there's no proof that any of those actually work. So Tiffany was correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure, you know, she had to be right once. So I want to make sure she got full like, credit. Actually three times. Because <laughs> I remember the oxytocin. <laughs> yes. Just keeping track. She's got like a little tick mark next to each number four. Okay, about <laughs> this. There are certain foods that you need to avoid so that your baby doesn't get gassy. So I also learned during my class that that, that is not true because some mothers will be like, oh, I can't drink milk while I'm breastfeeding. My baby's lactose intolerant or I can't eat onions. The baby will be up all night. No, that's not true. That is correct. For a majority of people, what you eat is not going to make your baby feel bad. However, your breast milk does change flavor depending on what you consume. Breast milk flavors accustom your child to the types of food that your family eats. Your baby, your baby may be reluctant to try different flavored breast milk, especially if it's garlicky or spicy, but the flavor won't hurt them. And I found this interesting. It says it's a different story for babies who have a food allergy or sensitivity, most commonly a reaction to dairy in the mother's diet. Only about 3% of exclusively breastfed babies have this problem. Yeah, and that seems to be like a lot of a lot of moms try to say that they can't breastfeed because they didn't want to give up dairy, but it's very rare for the baby to be that sensitive. All right, next one. Breastfeeding will make you lose weight. I feel like that's a myth because you actually should consume more calories while breastfeeding. Uh, one of the biggest misconceptions about breastfeeding is that it's going to make the weight you gain during pregnancy just fall off without any effort, but that's not everyone's experience. Trying to lose weight too soon after childbirth can also jeopardize your milk production. And says the best breastfeeding diet is balanced meals packed with nutrient-rich foods and reasonable portions. Eat in a way that makes you feel energized and helps you gradually lose weight. It took you nine months to gain the weight, so take the time to get back to your pre-pregnancy weight, Tom. <laughs> I, I've never bounced back, so I'm still holding on to all my baby weight. The next one. You you can have caffeine while you're breastfeeding. I always told mothers to try to avoid it as much as possible, but if they drink a cup of coffee a day, it's not going to affect the baby. Damn, she's pretty good. You know, it's it's almost <laughs> like she's a certified lactation consultant. Almost. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. <laughs> Research has found that about 1% of the caffeine you drink ends up in breast milk. If you want caffeine, you can drink up to 200 milligrams per day. That's about two eight-ounce cups of coffee without any worries. But it does note to make sure you consider all sources of caffeine in your total limit of the day, including coffee, tea, caffeinated sodas, chocolate, and some pain relievers. Oh, wow. And last, alcohol and breastfeeding don't mix. Correct. You do not want to drink your margarita and then feed your baby because it will pass through your breast milk. So I think you're supposed to wait three to four hours to be safe. And then they, they also sell strips over the counter if you want to use those to test your milk. But yeah, definitely wait to feed your baby or pump and dump. To be safe, you should wait at least two hours after having a drink to feed your baby. One standard drink is 12 ounces of beer, five ounces of wine, or one and a half ounces of liquor. Um, alcohol does enter the breast milk, but the levels decrease over time, similar to the way that it gradually leaves your blood. If your breasts get uncomfortably full before enough time passes, you can pump the alcohol-laced breast milk. I love how they alcohol-laced breast Please. milk <laughs> and dump it. Uh, the other thing breastfeeding moms should know is that alcohol may inhibit your milk flow. 
and reduce the amount of milk babies get and even reduce your milk supply if consumed daily. It's like she's a certified lactation consultant, Tom. It's almost like she's a board certified nurse practitioner. I I don't know. It's crazy. Fun. I wonder who my preceptor was. I would say, obviously, it was the quality instruction she got. So, right. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, let's uh, wrap this episode up. So, if you. I'm not done. This is so much fun. Well, we're going to give you a few more minutes. Okay. I would say, and we can always find another topic to bring you back on the show. I love being on this show. So thank you. We're going to ask Eric about some kind of weird mental health condition and where people love everything. Then we'll bring you back. So <laughs> see if we can diagnose it. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> if you like this show or you love this show, like Tiffany does, you can find us yeah. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at just some podcast or websites, www.justsomepodcast.com. Our email. If you want to be on the show, or if you want to tell us that you love us like Tiffany does, admin at justsomepodcast.com. Tiffany, why don't you tell them about your group one more time? Yeah, Columbus Breastfeeding Support on Facebook. So you can reach out to me and send me a message if you have any questions. I love helping mothers establish breastfeeding. I actually don't even charge, so I just like to help. See, Tom, you should be more like her and not charge and just like to yeah. help. I would I say wanna... I should become a certified lactation consultant because that's going to make for some awkward conversations. Yeah. And the dads would love you. That's an interesting question. I wonder how many men are certified lactation consultants. Probably none. Probably oh, I bet, none. No, no. I bet there's, a, I bet there's some. I bet, there probably <laughs> is a couple, but I, I wonder if women would like the down-to-earth male approach of just pull it out and stick it in there like i don't know oh i don't think that's, i don't think that's gonna have yeah, quite the same effect so. so what do you mean he ain't latching just pushing his head on harder lady <laughs> like i don't think that's gonna have quite the effect what do you mean he loves boobs <laughs> yeah. it's a baby babies love boobs what's the problem like i don't think that's the correct approach i that most men would have with this ben and I don't think it's going to help a lot. I found an article here, Tom. Oh, fuck. Of course you did. I love it when you find articles. I know you I do. I love it when you find articles. Then please share it with me. Meet Bob the Boob Man, Pittsburgh's only male lactation specialist. He's an international board certified lactation consultant and started out as a NICU nurse. So oh, Bob, that's cute. Bob the Boob Builder is what he's probably a really nice guy. I'm like Tom. I'm sure he is a very <laughs> nice guy. He probably gets eight hours of sleep a night. That's his you know, <laughs> that's his secret. But yes, he goes uh he goes by Bob the Boob Man in Pittsburgh, Tom. So there you go. Oh, well, look him up. Yep. I, hey, you I, could have him on the show. I got a feeling me and Tiffany are gonna be on a road trip. We're gonna do a, a live remote interview with uh I'm Bob. sending them an email right now. Oh boy. <laughs> How far how, how far a drive is that for us there, Tiffany? You know what? Don't answer. We'll talk about that off the show. <sighs> Edit that out, Ben. <laughs> so. Bob, the, hold on. I'm trying to find him so I can send him an email. Bob? <laughs> She's going to do it on the address. air. Oh, Please. my God. Bob, we're looking for you. Please contact us. <laughs> I feel Reach like out to us so we can have you on the show. Let me know what you think yeah, about it. We're going us. off the rails. Cut the lot. <laughs> cut the air, Ben. Cut it. Cue the music. What the hell? I, I, I'm saying this on the air right now, yeah. Tiffany. If you make contact with this guy and you want to go meet him, I will go with you. We will road trip the two of us oh, and go meet this he's dude. So nice. He looks like a nice guy. Hey, you know what? On the, I, I don't even know where the hell that happened to this show. Uh, Tiffany's it, yeah. like recruiting guests for us. I know. That. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> hold on, hold on, oh, guys. I'm trying to focus. <laughs> we're trying to, well, we're trying to end we're the show. Trying to do a damn show. Oh, oh okay, okay. All right. So what do I gotta say? I have his phone number right here. For more information on the Free Nursing Mom Cafe, contact the West Penn Lactation Office. I'm calling him tomorrow. No, so don't call him right now. Oh, don't call him right now. <laughs> on uh, Jesus, Tom, what the hell? I don't know, but oh, I, I do love. Me. I do love having Tiffany on the show. Oh, I love having Tiffany on the show too. And I, we might have to do an I love this podcast show or uh show. Oh yeah. 
Uh, you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> I would have been a little bit more prepared, but I was supposed to be on here like a week from now. So I'm, I'm glad I was able to wing it. It's, it, <laughs> it's the lack of sleep really catching up. On all of this notes, I'm I'm into this shit now. Um, <laughs> I, I hope everybody has a great week. Hey, everybody, stay safe out there. What the hell happened? Uh, I mean, Tiffany, Tiffany happened. What? It's always a good thing. I, I, don't you know why I am alone. I caught some road rage and I thought of you. And all the many times you say I should have known.